0: I'm Kate Daniels. Alzheimer's is a word that can strike fear in the strongest of individuals. It's a word that we hear more about these days because it is happening more frequently, it seems. Well, that is something the Alzheimer's Association is working on to end. It takes each and every one of us to do just that. Joel Johnson is one man who is doing all that he can. Joel's wife, Nancy, was diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's. A frightening diagnosis, yet looking for a silver lining, this couple is sharing their story to help to find a cure. Let's meet Joel now and learn more. Joel Johnson, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Uh,
1: Good morning to you as well, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it
0: really the pleasure is mine because i feel after having met nancy and what a wonderful woman she is and her story uh it's just great to have you here to share Another part of the story, and how all of us can be what Nancy was asking is to be open and be supportive about someone with someone who's had an Alzheimer's diagnosis. So you've been living with this the last three years, or more. Three
1: years since the diagnosis. Okay. Um, certainly, as a family, we've lived with it quite a bit longer than that.
0: Because you were noticing that something was a little off.
1: Um, at times more than a little. Um, Nancy suffered three grand mal seizures in a period of of just over 24 hours um, at the end of January in 2012. Now, that kind of started not only a bunch of tests related to the seizures, trying to find a source of those, but it also began a period of time where her sons started to notice that mom was having trouble with uh, memory and and other cognitive functioning. I had been noticing it for some time prior to the seizures. I can go back to 2000, at least to 2005 Mm -hmm. um, after her mother had passed away and she had been living at her parents' house, taking care of her mother through the, the dying process. When she returned from that very stressful period She was quite different, and she did have trouble from then on with memory and other things. And as a husband, after a little while of just being on edge about it and frustrated with it, you finally figure out, it must be me. I'm too sensitive. I'm picky and and all those things. Um, But it wasn't until after her seizures then that others started to see the very same thing, but it was much, much greater after those seizures than it was prior to that time.
0: And Nancy's diagnosis was early onset, so early can be in one's 40s.
1: Yes, and we've even met individuals who have been diagnosed as early as age 30 um, in, in recent times. So, yeah, anywhere under the age of 65 could be called you know, early or younger onset Alzheimer's disease.
0: Yes. And so was it a challenge then to bring this... To Nancy, I'm asking this in the sense of anyone in the home with someone that, where they've noticed what you did. Is it a challenge? How do you approach your partner, the one you love, to say, hey?
1: Yeah, very, very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> after the, the seizures and her son starting to notice it, very soon after that, her coworkers did. Um, but yet, when I would talk with Nancy about it, no, it was, it was a period of denial for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: truly for her, it wasn't until my sister-in-law, out of the blue, knowing nothing about what Nancy is going through, gave her the book, Still Alice, to read. And uh, this was right around Christmas of, of 2012, so it was you know, almost a full year from her seizures where she was reading that book, and she walked downstairs in tears and said, I'm reading a book about me. And at that point, she had come to where she could face that things weren't right. She was trying to deny it. She knew things weren't working well for her, particularly at work and with memory issues, and she was ready to do something about it. Um, so there, I, as much as we may have brought it up to her and expressed concern, it was a process that she had to go through, and certainly that book was a godsend for us. It was extremely timely um, for that. And, and then we you know, proceeded with uh, getting neuropsych testing done as soon as we could get into the doctor that we wanted to see, which took several months.
0: And so what is the situation there, Um, just as a tangent, with medical care? Are there not enough doctors? That must be the case, or is it because there are some key ones and it's hard to get to see them?
1: You know, at least in this case, um, being in the medical field ourselves, um, we talked to a few people that we knew, our doctor, our former doctor, some other people that we respected highly, and they recommended one person in terms of a neuropsychologist to do those tests and this was before we even involved her own neurologist that she had seen from the seizures. So we were pretty particular about who we wanted to see. My understanding is, though it is difficult, it does take time to get into these professionals, there's not a lot of them. In terms of neurologists, if we just look at the Seattle area, Alzheimer's or specialty in Alzheimer's and dementias is also not widespread. It's hard to get into someone whose expertise mm-hmm. is, in fact, in Alzheimer's. So, in fact, at this time, my wife's doctor is at University of California, San Francisco, and we fly to San Francisco for her care. Not that there aren't doctors in the Seattle area that could provide that. Right. Um, But after seeing some here, we felt most comfortable with the the physicians and and researchers at UCSF.
0: How often do you need to see the neurologist?
1: Fortunately, in that sense, uh, we don't need to see them very often. Um, We're now involved with different levels of research at UCSF. Um, So we're um, becoming much more frequent flyers on Alaska Airlines than we were previously. Um, But the neurologist for her just regular checkups, really only once a year, um, maybe a little bit more. I think we're having a second visit this year to um, look at some adjustment in in her um, medication. Mm -hmm. But other than that, which is one of the difficult things because as, the first thing you hear from typically from the doctor at the time of diagnosis is, yes, you have Alzheimer's. No, there's nothing I can do for you. Here's the medication. You can try this. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. But there's nothing more. And then typically the doctor will follow up, there's no reason to come back and see me. And that's commonly what an Alzheimer's patient and their family may hear from the physician uh, at that time. Uh, and that's a tough tough situation, a tough point. And you as an individual, me as a now thrust into a role, eventually leading to become a caregiver, very, very unknown. You feel very um, weak, very uh, incapable. What do you do? Yes. Uh, Fortunately for us, and hopefully others get it quicker, we eventually ended up being dragged into the office by the Alzheimer's Association, uh, where then we had contact with resources. Um, so, I mean, that was, that's been a big boost. But hopefully we can get more, um, let's say, care planning at the early point when the diagnosis is made and referral not only to the Alzheimer's Association, but to other resources that can be uh, valuable to the patient, the family, the, the eventual caregivers and such.
0: So did you even have any awareness that the Alzheimer's Association existed, that they were a good, solid resource for you?
1: None whatsoever for me.
0: Just Um, way out in left field?
1: Yeah. As a physical therapist, I've always specialized in orthopedics. I deal with healthy people. Eh. And so those type of situations uh, in life and medical issues, just kind of not in my radar prior to, to this coming.
0: So how did that happen? How did you become aware of them?
1: Interestingly enough, um, this cycle started when my wife was forced to retire by her boss. Um,
0: <laughs> Who happened to be you?
1: Happened to be me as in, well.
0: Uh,
1: and we'd already kind of gone public with her story because we do live in Auburn. It is a small town of 80,000, but every most everybody seems to know each other, and she had been such an impact in the community in terms of her involvement in the schools, in the Rotary, in her business. Um, we wanted people to know why she was having to retire and to reduce the stigma of the term Alzheimer's, that it doesn't always happen to someone in their elder years. It doesn't mean they're just so different and they need to be shunned or, you know, we don't talk about it type of thing. So we went to the local Auburn reporter newspaper and asked them, would you be willing to do a story on Nancy about her having to retire because of the effects of Alzheimer's disease? And the reporter came and we educated him a little bit and he did a story and it was great. We got a ton of comments about it. Three days after that, we get a phone call from our national association, the American Physical Therapy Association, from one of their editors for a magazine they do on a monthly basis. He had picked up the newspaper article um, because it said physical therapy, and he said, we'd like to do a story, uh, and we'd like Nancy to write it. So Nancy and I wrote an essay about her involvement in physical therapy and having to retire in the next point of, of her career. And it was, a, again, I thought a nicely done piece. That gets published the 1st of May. It actually came out on the, I think, uh, you know, 30th of April. I remember seeing it um, on the internet. And within a couple days, we get a phone call from the Alzheimer's Association in Seattle saying, gee, we've read your story. Um, and there was one individual in, in Bellevue, a colleague of ours, who had also spoke with Roger um, we had a call from the association say, Hey, we'd, we've heard your story. We'd like to meet with you. And so, really, it was the association that called us. Um, we were certainly at that point aware of them. I'd already started um, attending a support group. Um, so, um, but that's really.
0: It's, isn't that great about the Alzheimer's Association then? That they have their antennae out. And are aware so that they're, even before you could even walk through a door, they're there wanting to reach out and help.
1: Oh, hugely. And not just because Becca's sitting over here, but um, <laughs> I, I can't say enough how impressed I was. I'm not always real easily impressed. But, you know, we came into that meeting, and it wasn't just us sitting down with one person in the association. Uh, you know, we met with the executive director and the heads of several departments, And it wasn't, gee, we've got this for you and feeding us information. It was these seven or eight people wanting to hear Nancy's story, wanting to hear how they could help us. And it was um, being a business owner and have been for many years and trying to get employees to be more than just robots, to have your mission in mind at all times. I was just so impressed by the hearts of these people who working with difficult situations, um, families that are facing potentially the most challenging thing they will ever face in their life, leading up to someone passing away as a result of this, these individuals were there for more than just a job. It was their passion to help. And I, you know, to this day, I, I'm just so impressed by those individuals. Um, you know, They're very inspiring to me and, and to my wife.
0: That I is. Said
1: that if you weren't here anyway. So.
0: <laughs> that is so incredible to to hear that. I that underscores to anyone who hears about this and is dealing with with Alzheimer's at any stage for themselves or for a family member or for a friend that there is this really critical great organization that's there to support.
1: Yes, and through our. Kind of journey over the last two years and getting to meet people who have maybe been recently diagnosed or in a doctor's office who are being going through the process of diagnosis individuals that we run into on a daily basis when we hear about they have Alzheimer's we always mention have you connected with the association yet um, because it's been so helpful for us, Um, yet only a small number of people with Alzheimer's ever connect with the Alzheimer's Association. So for me, that's very important. If We can get that word out of what a resource they can be, how valuable uh, they can be. And yet in doing that, these are people that love to reach out, people that want to be there for that exact purpose.
0: so that's a good way for us to connect to what is going to be coming up here really soon. Actually, the ALS walks all over the Puget Sound area. This is a natural transition to that, Joel.
1: Yes, the, the walk or walks to end Alzheimer's, of which there are, I believe, 16 in this state um, this year. Amazing number of walks, very easy geographically for anyone within the state to get involved in.
0: Yes, wherever you are, it's, there's one that's going to be close by. And isn't that a great way, one, to get an education about what's going on?
1: Absolutely. We participated in the uh, walk in Izanqua last year, which was the first time we had done one. Um, now we were there because, you know, obviously we're heavily involved. But we also saw um, a great number of other people who maybe weren't a spouse or weren't directly a caregiver, but whose mother or grandmother or co-worker or aunt had the disease or had passed away and a number of other individuals who were there with the disease as well. And I'll always remember the, I believe they call it the flower ceremony, um, where everyone will have a flower that indicates their level of connection to the disease. And as they're um, having individuals raise their flower dependent upon what they have, and one of the flowers is for those who have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, one for those who are caregivers, one for those who have a spouse or or loved one who had the disease or has the disease, to be able to turn and look, which I was peeking at individuals' faces when they were going through that raising their arms with the flower in their hand, uh, was really impacting to me. Just see, you know, how these people's lives were affected by this disease. It was, it was really, um, really neat to see that. It's not always easy to see it, but it's, it's good to see it.
0: And to be aware, I think that underscores how all of us in some way are touched by it and, I don't think without uh, any distance at all, there's some connection, a friend, a family member, uh, or ourselves who might be the one dealing with Alzheimer's.
1: Yes. In our openness, as we've been for you know almost the entire time since Nancy's diagnosis, uh, we can't tell you how many people that we have touched that they have said, well, gee, I, my grandmother has it. My mother has it. We've got... You know, some friends right now who came to us concerned that the the husband may have it and he doesn't want to get tested. And so the wife is trying to deal with how do I proceed here? How do I do it? And we just saw them Wednesday night. Um, So um, hopefully that is part of what we're able to assist with is just an openness about talking about Alzheimer's. Get into an appropriate medical professional to start the process of diagnosis. Um, and then of course, through the, the research side as well as the advocacy side of getting to the point where we have a treatment, an effective treatment, which we do not have right now. Mm-hmm. And eventually, hopefully, an absolute cure for this disease.
0: Indeed. So the other part then of why the walks are so important is a a way for us to raise those all-important funds for the research for the advocacy for what it's going to take to get that cure
1: yes the alzheimer's association is the largest um private supporter of alzheimer's and dementia research in the world um in addition to having incredible hearts on a national level, um, they are behind some of the, the greatest research trying to find a cure. In fact, one of the projects uh, Nancy is involved with at University of California, San Francisco, is a study funded entirely by the Alzheimer's Association. Um, and it was very interesting to see the or talk with the uh, lead investigator, the doctor, When he heard of our involvement and he gets this big smile on his face and says, well, I'm funded by the Alzheimer's Association. Um, So the walks are part of that, raising funds, raising awareness um, so that we can eventually have a survivor of this disease.
0: Exactly. So... The walks are happening. As you mentioned, Joel, there are 16 of them around the state, so it's really easy to find. Uh, I, just by going to the website, it's going to list the dates and the places. Yes. So that's, a, that's where we can find the one that's close to us. And we're able to fundraise. Through this process, get a team together, right? Do you have a team? That's we involved? we have
1: a team. I'm I'm blessed that I have if, uh, one of my um, staff members who organizes and and runs our team, so I don't have to do it. Uh, we are we are personally walking in the Tacoma Walk, though Nancy and I are the chair of the Seattle Walk this year, um, and, and in being that, really we come and sit in a chair and watch this incredible member of Justine of the Alzheimer's staff um, take care of everything. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of a figurehead, and we're fine being figureheads. Um,
0: but you're also wanting to make sure you're out there walking and doing, absolutely. doing it.
1: And, again, it's been a wonderful um, experience. We've got individuals in our community who um, have donated money. I have someone who donated to our team a very significant amount of money I didn't ask for it. She heard second or third hand through someone and donated, uh, you know, a very significant amount of money. And I was just so impressed. But it is, again, what will happen when the word spreads. Uh, we've got, I believe, around 30 people on our, our team right now. And I know there's going to be more than that. And, you know, we're not connected with some large foundations like some others may have. And the, the blessing of being able to get large donations but i think we're a little over $15,000 right now on ours through relatively small donations and so many people becoming aware and and talking about this disease so it's it's a lot of fun as well to see that kind of fire start to to grow and and build
0: yes and just to emphasize, no amount is too small. I'm such a big believer and when we take the, the small amounts, they add up to bigger amounts. And then there are people who can dig a little deeper or just have the resources. So, but it takes those funds yeah. to get the research going. Well,
1: it, it took a lot of people, given $27, to get a, a recent presidential campaign to do some rather remarkable things. And as I tell people, what we're doing with the Alzheimer's Association is way, way more important than who's going to be the next leader of this country. Um, so if we could do it with $27 through this campaign, we could do that $27, this, put it to much better use through the Alzheimer's Association, through the walks. Um, so that's what I tell people. If you can, $27, we'll take it. No problem whatsoever.
0: Right. And that's the thing. If you're not able to get to a walk, if one of those 16 doesn't quite work out, there is a good ability to just simply donate or go on the website yeah, and go, push that button.
1: Absolutely. Go on the website. The, the website is so easy to go on and make a donation. You can make it out to a specific team, a specific team member, or, or just to the walk as a whole. Any number of ways you could do.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, all of a sudden, here you have a whole new career in addition to your practice as a physical therapist.
1: Yes. And I, like I said earlier, I've got a wonderful staff. And they are so supportive and understand that, you know, there are times I'm in my office and I'm doing Alzheimer's related stuff. Um, I'm not always doing PT stuff. And uh, fortunately, we've been in a, a position just with the success of our businesses that I can afford to do that. Uh, so we feel very fortunate with that. And it's, at times, a bit of a burden. Uh, as I you know, mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, every little bit, there's a, a little piece that goes with it. You cannot, at least I have not been able to, divorce the emotional side from the business side, if you will, of mm-hmm. dealing with this disease. Uh, it doesn't happen for me that way, um, but it's, it's not a chore. It's not a drag.
0: It feels as though maybe it really puts all that much more passion into it that really moves it forward.
1: Certainly, and so many individuals uh, and families that we've encountered um, have had a different journey than we have. um, Where, for whatever reason, they're not as public about it, sometimes the individual with the disease doesn't want anybody to know, including their own family because of the stigma that goes with the disease or they're embarrassed, um, any number of reasons. And personally, I think, and I've shared publicly that I think that might not be the best route to go. It's not, our route is not what everybody can do. I understand that. Um, But I think there may be more of a burden on individuals when they're trying to keep it a secret, trying to hold it in. And of course, society has not up until more recently, been willing to take Alzheimer's out of the shadows, out of those places where we don't want to talk about this disease. So, you know, we grew up in the '60s, and it wasn't cancer; it was the C word. Nobody wanted to talk about it mm-hmm. publicly because nobody survived it. It was a death sentence. But yet, eventually, we started talking about it, and by talking about it the awareness was raised, the demand for a treatment eventual cure became very loud, and look where we are now. Exactly. So that's kind of how I see our, our journey and mission as well now, so there are times we deal with it at work or talk about it at work, and there are a couple of people that work for me that know part of their job is actually talking with people at the association or helping me with, with other things that are not physical therapy related?
0: Well, we are certainly the beneficiaries of what is such a challenging situation with Nancy's uh, early diagnosis with the Alzheimer's. But taking that and making it something constructive where there's a big need in the world to find the cure, to be more vocal and Advocate and and you've taken up that baton, if you will, and are moving forward. And I mean, we we the world is so much better for that.
1: It is, and you know, we can look back, you know, historically, and just look at people that have had huge impacts on our culture and on our society um, at times or in situations of significant need. Is this one of those times? And and I look back with where we're at. Did we do this on purpose? Did we have this vision? We're going to be this. We're going to stand at this point on the podium, and because we're going to speak about this and achieve this, not at all. Um, we answered a phone call. We decided that we didn't want to stay quiet. That we want to hopefully impact. People who right now who don't have a voice, and those are those people not diagnosed necessarily at this point, but those to come. Those who may have symptoms right now yet not be diagnosed. Those of coming generations that may end up with a disease for which there's no treatment or cure. Those are the people we want to impact and say, and we didn't do it and haven't done it. For any status, to be honest, the pay is not any better than what I make as a PT. Um, But because that's just what we should do. Somebody needs to speak, and if it's our voice, well, then so be it. Someone speak.
0: Well, you are an articulate, passionate spokesperson. Mm -hmm. So we, again, really are the better for it. The world is truly better for it. So... The message is, get to that website, get involved, be part of this great action to find the cure for Alzheimer's.
1: Absolutely. If, if you either have some connection with Alzheimer's, you should be in the walk. Come join us. If you don't, it's only because you don't know it yet. Come join us. And I'd also really want to you know, get out to those people, my peers, if you will, who are... Connected to someone with the disease, maybe a caregiver, a spouse, um, a son or daughter. Um, I can't emphasize enough. Call the Alzheimer's Association. Tell them your situation. Tell them where you're at. I know they've got something to offer you. They've got something that could help you with this process. Maybe it's a support group, which I'm proud to attend every month here in Bellevue. Um It's been such a huge blessing for me. Um, Not always easy, but it definitely has made the journey easier. The Association's a wonderful place to start.
0: Excellent. Well, again, Joel Johnson, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us this morning and to share all that you've had. It's all so critically important. Oh,
1: thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it.